Uh, there's already a bit yellow blood in my in my veins. Already had a crazy 18 months here, but it just keeps on uh, keeps on going. Welcome to All in Yellow, the official Norwich City podcast. Tukey! Sensational! Who else? Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the All in Yellow podcast. Great to have your company. Today we welcome another influential member of the Norwich City first team. It's midfielder Oliver Skip. Well, Skip's been a revelation for City this season and has started all but one of our matches. He's certainly gained plenty of admirers amongst the City faithful and we can't wait to hear more about why he thinks this season's been so successful. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be really good also to hear about what he thought of Norwich before he arrived last summer and how the loan move came about. And I'm really interested to hear about the conversations he had with Daniel Farker and Jose Mourinho. So, so much to be talking about with Skippy. But before we get going, make sure you subscribe to All in Yellow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also on the Norwich YouTube channel too. Podcasts arrive every Sunday at six o'clock and we've got some huge guests lined up over the coming weeks. So let's hear it then. We hope you enjoy it. The latest episode of All in Yellow with Today's guest, Oliver Skipper. Ollie, great to have you on the podcast today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? All good, thank you. Now, by the time this goes out at the weekend, there's every chance we could already be in the Premier League. You've played such a crucial role so far this season. Just sum it up for us. Um, I think coming to the club in the summer, you always have an idea in your head that it's a team that will be challenging after obviously coming down from from the Premier League last year. But I think the season that we've had so far has been brilliant um, from a personal point of view and from from the team, just in terms of that that consistency that we've shown um, throughout the season. Um, it's just been brilliant, really. It's hard to describe. Um, and I think that once hopefully we achieve, achieve the promotion, um, it'll be one that you can definitely look back on in a few years to come. Has it gone as well as you'd you'd kind of hoped when you sat down and planned out a loan move, uh, Ollie? Did you think, oh yeah, no, I'll tell you what, I'll go to Norwich and uh, we'll we'll see if we can get promotion. I think it's been the dream scenario, really. Um, you look in the summer, you think, oh, if I go there, hopefully get maybe 20, 25 games, that'll be a good first loan in the championship. But to have gone for it to have gone this well from a personal point of view. And then that topped on with the team success, which which has made it really sweet. Um, I mean, you always hope you go in with the ambition, but you know it's going to be hard, um, especially coming into a new team, a team that um, just suffered relegation. But I think that's credit to, to all the players and the staff that, that were here last year and the new players to really make sure that they moved on from last season and made it a massive season this season. Yeah, and you joined quite early in the window, didn't you? Did, how much did that help with your preparation and getting to know the squad as a whole? Yeah, I think that was massive. I was really, really keen to do it as early as possible so that I got a full pre-season. So I went on the pre-season tour to Germany. So just little things like that, it really helped me get in tune with the way the manager wants to play and really get to know the players Um so that was massive, I think, just in terms of settling in, making sure I was sorted with where I was living, just simple things like that, which off the pitch um, make you perform better on the pitch and mean that you could just focus on your football. So no, I was really, really happy to get it done. Um, and then that meant that I could 
had my full focus on Norwich for the whole season. Hmm. So uh, at what point towards the end of last season, because um, I was watching the Amazon Prime documentary and I kept seeing you pop up all over the place in that, and they started towards the latter episodes, they were talking about you as a player and you were becoming more involved. At what point did that discussion turn to, okay, we think we're going to give you, uh, you know, some time on loan? Um, I think really I was really keen to to push for that loan move because I felt, um, yes, yeah, sitting on the bench is amazing in the Premier League, um, but I felt like that I'd done that for 18 months uh, to a year. So I felt that I really needed to get game time to, to fight for points every week and play, hopefully. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday to to really get a rhythm. Um, I think as a young player, um, it can be quite easy to sit at these, I don't know, big big clubs, for example, and just just um, I don't know, just train every day and be on the bench. But I felt like I really needed that game time, um, and then Norwich, the opportunity presented itself, and I felt it was perfect and obviously discussed it with Spurs and it eventually got, got sorted out. So I was really, really happy. And one that I'd wanted for, for quite some some time to get to get a loan move away from Spurs. Yeah, I remember actually um, hearing Jose Mourinho say that he didn't really want you to go out on loan and selfishly as a head coach, he would have liked to, to have kept you in the squad. What kind of conversations did you have with him before you chose to join Norwich? Um, it, was, it was more with the club and him. Um, as you mentioned, he wasn't, of course, he had <laughs> eventually uh, managed to get his backing, but it was difficult, which is, I see as a big compliment to myself that he wanted to keep me. So I'm grateful for those comments, but I felt like I really needed to push. And I think this season I've really evolved as a player, um, playing that regular football. Um, so, so I was really pleased when eventually I got his blessing um, to make that loan move. Uh, and what was it about Norwich City that managed to get that blessing? Because I can't imagine he's an easy man to please. And uh, if he didn't want to get rid of you, it must have been, he must have seen good reason. I think that Norwich, just in terms of the way um, the boss has shown that he plays young players, you look at Max, Todd, Ben Godfrey's, the Jamal Lewis's, even this season, more recently, Andrew, Josh. Um, I think that, that that's really key as a young player you see that um, these opportunities are given obviously you still have to be playing well take them when they're given but his track record um, was there to see for me um, and just the fact that the style of play of Norwich I felt would really suit my game um, even in the premiership last year you saw a lot of the time that um, they dominate the ball um, so I, I assumed that that would be the case in the championship and it's been proven right. So it made a lot of sense as well. And I knew a few players. I spoke to Max before I came, uh, for example, just to see what see what his thoughts were on. And he was glowing in terms of his reports on Norwich. So it was a pretty simple decision in the end, really. Yeah, I guess you would have known, obviously you mentioned there, Max and, and Todd and Ben Godfrey. Was that from the England setup? Yeah, um, so I knew... Max, I've I known Max a few years previous, but then I'd known Todd and and Ben from the setup, so obviously that made settling in so much easier for me. Um, but it's not just them. I must say the whole squad's been brilliant. Um, I think any 
because there was quite a few signings in the summer. So um, they've really helped every player settle in. Um, that's the whole squad. So I was really grateful for that. And because I felt, it felt like, you know, like a first day at school almost. Um, but as soon as that was done, it was so easy to settle in, to, to talk to people, to make friends, to have a good relationship off the pitch. So I think the players have made that really easy. Yeah, I guess are Max and Todd the the guys you're closest with, or or is it? Todd said it last week. He said he'd go for a meal with anyone in the dressing room. Is, is that true? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think there's so many different people. Uh, even people like Javi. I remember the first time me and him we roughly signed on the same day, so we were in the same hotel together, and like we'd known each other about ten minutes, but we we're having meals in the restaurant uh, when neither of us had anywhere to live so just things like that I think Norwich are brilliant in terms of creating those relationships and I think with the people that Norwich sign you can see that there's a clear um, personality traits in all the players so it makes it super easy to get on with everyone and um, I, I think that that's clear in terms of how this season's gone really. Yeah, and you've formed a formidable midfield partnership with Kenny McLean, haven't you? And he recently said that you helped make his job a lot easier. What's your relationship like? No, um, I think he helps me out as well. I think that definitely it's a joint partnership. I think that we really do complement each other really well, um, just in terms of maybe he's slightly more attacking than me. He'll get forward. Um, but then again, he'll do the defensive side really well as well. So. I think that we we have really complemented each other um, this season. Um, he's left-footed as well, so it just adds different variety um, in our build-up play. In in he, he can build up on the left side. I more naturally build up on the right side. Just things like that have really made this partnership uh, really work. I think but it's not just him. Anyone that I've played with, I felt really comfortable and know, and we know how to adapt our games to different people different players for example what's it like having someone in the squad like Alex Tetty to learn from because he, he must be a great mentor yeah I know he's been brilliant I mean I don't know I think he's one of the, the best people I've ever met in football just in terms of his attitude towards everything always got a smile on his face always there to help anyone if they need them um and just as a person off the pitch, if you need any advice, he's someone that you could go to. And then on the pitch, making sure that uh, in sessions you look at him and he's always so competitive in training, always making sure he's one of the best players in training. So something to look at and just admire and take stuff from his game, definitely. Yeah, and it's such a talented squad right now here at Norwich. I mean, the success says it all, doesn't it? But... You've obviously gained a lot of fans, Norwich fans and also Tottenham fans. They've been keeping close watch on your progress. But has anyone here surprised you with their quality this season? Um, I think the real obvious one's been Emmy. Um, I think he's been brilliant this season. Um, what is it? Double figures for goals and assists. But it's not just that. I think just... I always knew he was a talented player, but seeing him up close in the flesh and training, um, some of the, the creative ideas he had in his, in his head and to see that link up with Timu, I think has been brilliant this season. I think the whole front four really link up well. Whoever plays in it, I think that they all got, all got that understanding. But for me, I think 
Emmy's been been a, been a standout this season. Um, and even the stuff like his defensive work um, has surprised me a bit because you think of him, you think, our oh, flair player, but he's always there making tackles. <laughs> Sometimes you need to calm him down a bit, but things like... Um, he's tracking back for the team. His work rate um, has been brilliant. So not just the, the magic that we know we're going to get from Emmy, but the other side of it, I think he's been brilliant this season. So, But there's been loads of standouts. I think you can go through different points in the season. I don't know, Grant's been brilliant, for example. Um, like you said, Kenny, Todd. I think you could name the whole squad, really. Even players like, I don't know, Jakob, where he's filled in at left-back or midfield, he's played pretty much every position. Um, no, so I think the whole team's been been a real squad effort. Um, it's just been brilliant, really. It's interesting what you say about Emmy there. You talk about um, the one area he's probably working on and, that, and that's calming down. Whose job is that when to, uh, to keep Emmy calm? Because we'd never want that fire to go out because that makes him brilliant and who he is. And, and as you said, you know, he smashed into a tackle the other week and, and put Todd clean through for the goal. So, but whose job is it to make sure he, he keeps a level head? Um, I think it's everyone, really. I think that you don't want to um, extinguish that that fire, the passion. Um, so it's just trying to... I think he's been much better at it um, recently as well, um, just being careful. And I think, to be fair to him, he has had a few unfair decisions as well. You think of, I think of some of the yellow cards he gets, and then I think of the tackles that are on him so um just to just to calm him down make sure because you know that with that magic if he's in the right place he's gonna he's gonna produce produce the goods for us but no I think I think he's definitely been better at that over the last months especially and just coming back to you now Ollie um you have started every league game so far this season other than that draw at Preston because you'd just come back from from the England setup did you envisage when you were weighing up where you'd come and, and choosing Norwich that you would get so much playing time this season um I don't think you can imagine pretty much starting every game I always thought that I'd have to show the right attitude the right quality in training and you always back yourself as a player to do that but you're always aware that it's going to be difficult. You have to take time to settle in. But I think in terms of that pre-season, it was really massive for me to, to show you're almost not on trial, but you're almost showing everyone what you can do and why you've been brought into the club. So, no, as you said, I can't imagine. I couldn't have imagined playing every game bar one, but it's been brilliant and one an experience that, that I really, really enjoyed. And I think in terms of uh, that Saturday, Tuesday, the real mental battle of it, I've really enjoyed because physically, I think we're all, I think we're all capable of playing Saturday, Tuesday. But I think just in terms of maybe getting over a poor performance and then making sure that you're right for that Tuesday or, I don't know, having a brilliant performance, but then not getting too carried away has been one of the keys of our success this season because... I don't know, you haven't seen many times where we've lost three or four on the spin, whereas we'll go on long runs and that's due to the team not get carried away and players making sure that, that their standards haven't dropped too much from game to game, especially in the short turnaround with this season. I suppose the only time that things weren't going smoothly for a, uh, well, I say a long time, it wasn't a long time, right at the beginning of the season, mm -hmm. 
Uh, things took, I guess, a little while to gel. Did you did you ever have any doubts of the direction the season might go at that point? Were there were there any feelings like that in the squad? Um, I think that you were we were aware that the start wasn't perhaps what we wanted, but I feel like we lost to Bournemouth at the start. We drew with Preston, but I actually think against Bournemouth we were actually really really good without scoring. So I think that that gave us confidence, and even the derby game. I mean. There's not many games if you play like that during the season that you're going to lose um, with a moment of magic from Rooney. But I think that we all had belief and confidence, but we knew as a group that that we needed to start producing. And yeah, we could think, oh, we'll definitely be all right this season, but we had to go out and show it. So I think that first game was Rotherham after the international break and we managed to get a late penalty. We didn't perhaps play our best, but I think that that really gave us confidence that that we were on the right track. And then, as you saw, the results followed. Um, but to say that we'd be at 90 points at this stage, I'm not sure that everyone would have believed at the start. I think it's a credit to everyone that, that we've managed to, to be on 90 points at this stage. Yeah. And you've been incredible for us so far this season, obviously. You've won your fair share of Man of the Match awards as well. And I've got quite a few um, Tottenham fan friends that have been hijacking some of the votes as well, I think. Do you get a bit of stick for that? Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, a few of the players definitely giving me a bit of stick and I don't blame them for that. Um, I mean, most of the time if I get voted, it seems to be that I win. So, <laughs> no, I've definitely seen that the Spurs fans have been voting. So... Um, I'm not quite sure what to say on that, but um, I think that there's been other people definitely at times that deserve the Man of the Match award. So uh, it's been a bit awkward for me when I come in the next day and they're like, oh, you got Man of the Match again. I was like, yeah, I know. I don't know how. Definitely didn't deserve it. But I'm grateful for the Spurs fans supporting me, but hopefully that that they can uh, let some noise players have have some man of the matches soon. Too humble, Ollie. No. <laughs> yeah. I can't take credit for that. I, I think you've got to embrace it. I think you've got to rock up yeah. to training with all the man of the match. <laughs> bring him out. But just just because obviously Spurs fans have got in on the act and and yeah. you know started liking uh, and voting for you for man of the match, it's fair to say the Norwich fans have really taken to you. It's just the only thing is you haven't been able to see that in person. Have you have you felt that even through social media? Definitely. I think that's been the biggest negative of this whole experience has been that um, I've not played in front of a full crowd, um, whether it be a tough away game at Millwall for some, or, or <laughs> I know that people might not enjoy it, but it's definitely an experience or to play in front of a full crowd at Carroll Road when, I don't know, in a night game, for example. So I think that um, that's definitely um, not dampened the experience, but definitely could have made it even better with the home support. Um, but well, you'll have to come back and do it all again. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time. Exactly. Um, but I think as players, we definitely have felt the support. You just have to look on social media um, and you can see the fans really getting behind the team, whether it be for a game against Brentford where we dug out a result or a 7-0 against Huddersfield, for example. I think that it's really been evident as players that the fans have been totally behind us this season uh, and that's been brilliant to see, um, albeit not in person. 
Now, how much have you thought ahead to next season? Because obviously with us being in the Premier League, when it happens, it might already happen by the time this goes out. Um, would you potentially think about the benefits of staying for another season at Norwich and knowing that you would be a starter week in, week out? Or have you had lots of conversations with Tottenham about where you stand if you were to go back there? Yeah, I think just uh, my position, obviously, I have to go back to Tottenham. Um, and then I think with that, I think we'll have to see during pre-season what happens and then talk to the relevant people at Spurs. But I feel as if I definitely want to carry on the momentum of playing regular football. So I'll have to see where that, what that happens, but nothing concrete at the moment. Um, just focused on finishing this season and then see what happens when I get back. I've tried. I know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's incredibly on message well done Ollie. very good we're, we'll keep pressing we've had a couple of goes now but yeah no we think you've been absolutely fantastic so far this season and uh, we, a lot of people would love to see you wearing the Norwich shirt in the flesh let's just put put, put that across now but what, what have been your your highlights of the season so far I mean you've got your first senior goal as one of them yeah, I, can yeah. I mean I couldn't really miss that um, Lucas put it on the plate but no that's obviously a big highlight because, as you've seen, I don't get many of them. Um, so <laughs> that's been a that was a big highlight. But I just think the all-round team performances. I think like the performance at Brentford. That one, that's one that really sticks in my mind uh, because we knew going into that game, it was a it was a big game between two teams that were looking to be in and around the promotion places. So I felt that that was a real big step in achieving hopefully the promotion and then uh, looking to push on from there. Um, but just just the whole experience in general, I think uh, the different types of opposition you play against, for example, one week you might play with no disrespect, a Wickham who are playing slightly longer and you have to fight for second balls and they gave us that pass really from you at Wickham though Ollie yeah, <laughs> they, gave, they gave us two really good games this season and then you look at maybe a I don't know a, a Brentford or a, even a Blackburn who dominate the the ball a lot so there's been a real variety in oppositions that we've come up against and that's just really exciting as a player to test yourself in in different environments in different styles and see how you adapt. So no, that's something I've really enjoyed. I just want to take you back to your early days. I think you joined Tottenham back in 2013, wasn't it? How did how did that move all come about? When when did they first start looking at you? I probably wouldn't advise against it at, the, at being that young, but um, just in terms of then I got signed at under nines um, and then I was with the academy up until, I don't know, and then, and then you go into the, the first team. So now I've been at Tottenham a long time. So that's something that's been really nice about this is, of course, I've, I support Tottenham. I've been with Tottenham, but somewhat getting away from seeing something different, a different environment has been really nice. Um, so that's something I've really enjoyed about this experience. And and how did you feel when you knew that they were interested in getting you on board? Oh, obviously, I was super excited. Um, it's a club that I've always supported. So it was a massive 
achievement. But you know, even at that stage, the looking back on it now, it's easy to say, but the amount of people that actually make it through the academy is really small. So I just wanted to, to give it the best best shot I could and to put everything into going through the academy age groups, really. How did you compare physically with your peers at, at that age? Because Todd was talking last week yeah. uh, about being quite small. And in fact, his brother came out of the academy because he was potentially too small. I'm not suggesting you're too small, Ali. I'm just uh, saying. <laughs> um, I was, I haven't grown for ages, so I was probably quite, quite tall. I was never massive, but I was, haven't grown for about, I don't know, six, seven years. So I've been this height since about 14, 15. So um, I was always quite tall, uh, but not massive. Um, but physically, um, I think the, the 16s to 18s year was when I really started to develop physically. Um, I think when you go in full time before that, you're mixing school and football. Um, but when you really commit at 16 to, to signing that scholarship, I think that's when you really start to develop physically because literally that's all you're doing from Monday to Saturday. And then the gym sessions that you're doing really specific towards you. Um, and it's something that you really need at the top level, I think, to, you don't see many players that aren't athletic or if they are, they have to be super talented te te technically or mentally. But I think that how the game's developing, I think that it's definitely a requirement to be physically solid and robust, um, especially with the data that everyone gets um, gets on you. So I think that I, I wouldn't say I was underdeveloped when I was young, but definitely got stronger, and more physically developed. Even this season, I feel like I've definitely become physically stronger, I think, because it's my first full season, per se, of men's football. Um, I think that you just understand how to use your body, what to what to do in certain situations. And I think that that's definitely improved as the season goes on. I think when I look at the, I don't know, the Preston game, the second game of the season, where maybe perhaps physically I got a little bit bullied, not bullied, but felt like I didn't compete as, as if I wanted to. And then I look at the games more recently, I definitely feel that physically um, you get more aware and improve than I have during the season, I think. You did, though, before, obviously, coming to Norwich, you've had a lot of exposure to the first team with Tottenham. I mean, there was that Champions League final run in and just flicking through your Instagram, you were playing alongside the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, Sergio Ramos. And, and as we say, you're just 20 years old. How much has that played a part in your development as well? I think that was massive. Um, the Ronaldo thing you talked about was, was pre-season and just to see up close um, those types of players and to actually get on the pitch with them just just inspires you because you grow up watching the Messi's, the Ronaldo's and think, wow, these people are not even human. So <laughs> just to get on the to be on the pitch and no matter what anyone says, you can always say that you shared a pitch with them. So I think that um my experience with the first team of Tottenham's been, been brilliant. I mean you look at the players you're training with every day, world class in their position. So I think it's only right that you learn and improve and you can take things from each other 
each of their game. I mean, you look at Harry Kane and like how he prepares for a game. You're watching. I don't know. I used to do this quite a lot. Say I wasn't in the squad. You just watch certain players, see what they're doing before a game, what they're eating. Just almost like a sponge, soak up all the information, soak up what they're doing and just see if you can use some of their the little tricks and uh, tips and tricks that they use in uh, before a game. Or, for example, I don't know, um, watching someone in your position, like when I was growing up, I used to love watching Modric at Spurs. Um, so just things like that um, that you really get to see when you're in and around the first team environment. Have you ever felt at all starstruck? Or perhaps even a little bit overawed being around people like that, either playing against them or, or training I think with them. When you first go up uh, as an academy boy, um, it is a, a little bit intimidating. But I think that um, you soon get over that and realise that they're there to do a job. You're here to do a job, and um, they'll respect you more if I don't know if there's a tackle you you don't pull out on the tackle or um, things like that. I think that. That's a big key when young players are going up. You obviously show a lot of respect. You haven't achieved anything in the game, but make sure that you try and impose yourself uh, on that training session, on that game, for example. Uh, um, and then obviously the respect will come after. I think they'll respect you more as players if, if you do that, rather than oh, pull out a tackle or not call for the ball when you're free or something like that. Just simple things like that. Am I right in thinking that you were just 17 when Maurizio Pochettino chose to take you away on the pre-season summer tour? Was it the USA, I think, with the first yeah, America, yeah. How did that feel? No, it was a brilliant experience. Um, I think the first team had a World Cup that year, so it was a big opportunity for a few players that maybe wouldn't have gone or... Um, it even meant that sometimes you go on these first pre-season tours and... I don't know, you play 20 minutes, but I actually managed to to play 90 minutes and 45 minutes in one game. So it was a massive experience just being around uh, the team in that environment. And we played massive teams. We played Barcelona, Roma. So it was massive. And it was a massive achievement, I felt, at 17. Um, and it obviously showed that, that I was doing something right. But... Once that happens, you always want more and you're pushing for more. So, yeah, delighted at the time. But then I always wanted wanted more. What was it like when Maurizio Pochettino left then? Because obviously he must have held you in very high regard and clearly Mourinho does now as well. But what was that like? Um, I think it was it was tough as players because that's all I'd never known. Um, well, as I got older, it's all I'd never known, him being the first team manager. Um, so, and he was the one that had given me my debut. So, you always um, owe him a lot um, for that. So, it was definitely a tough moment, but that's football. That's that's what happens in football. So you have to, I think, get used to get used to that turnover turnovers of managers. Um, I think that's why Norwich are doing so well in terms of they managed to keep keep the boss uh, for three years now and I think that that's really really paid off um so no I think that it was it was tough to see him go but um I wanted to impress the next manager that came in so my focus was quickly turned to that at what point did Jose Mourinho did he know your name before 
he came in? Did he walk up to you and say, oh, hi, I've heard all about you, Ollie? Yeah, no, that was a big thing. Um, I thought when he was going to come in and I thought, oh, obviously he'll spend more time with the bigger players, the players that will probably be starting for him. But I think the biggest compliment I can give him is that he always took time with everyone, no matter whether it was me or Kane. He felt like you were getting the same treatment in terms of, I don't know, if I went to task for something, I think that he'd show me the same respect as Kane, which I think is massive as a player because obviously you'd expect him to perhaps show Kane the attention which, which he's deserved. But um, I felt that he was really open with me, honest with me. If there's something I need to improve on, he'll tell me. But if there's something that he feels I'm doing well, well equally, he'll be the first to tell me that. So, no, it was really, really, really good when he came in. It must be pretty special then to have heard him say that he sees you as potentially a future Tottenham captain as well because of your character, your drive, your determination and everything that you offer. And I know Daniel Farker has recently said that he can see where those comments have come from. That must have felt pretty special. Yeah, it's a big compliment coming from people like that. But I've mentioned this before. I think it's all nice in words, but um, I need to go out there and prove it and hopefully show why these people are saying such things um, because anyone can say anything. Um, but I feel like I need to go and prove that and I haven't proved anything yet, really. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I took it as a massive compliment, but... I've mentioned it like this before. Um, I feel like I need to go and show show people why why that's been said, even if I, it doesn't happen. As long as I've done everything to try and achieve that, then I'll be happy within myself. Ollie, what's what's really striking me is how down to earth you you seem when you're coming across. Because I, I don't know if I was 20 years old and I was already achieving the things that you you've achieved at this age. I don't think I'd be coming across as well, to be honest. I think I'd be far less likeable and far more arrogant. You, how do you keep a lid on things like that? Um, I think that a lot of it's due to my family um, in terms of they've always kept me grounded in terms of I was very lucky growing up, the very stable background. And I think just in terms of that, they've always been very keen to make sure that I don't get too high, don't get too low. Um, so I think that's a big, big factor. And just, I feel like um, I always want to prove something. I always feel like I can improve. Um, and that's what I feel like I've taken my whole life to try and, try and get better. Um, so I never feel satisfied really with, with achieving something, something. I don't know, I feel like I just want to push on to the next goal. Um, so then, there's not too much time to, to dwell on what's happened. Do you, do you feel like you're demonstrating that game time at the right club can be absolutely crucial in a young player's development like yourself? Yeah, I think that's massive. Um, nothing can replicate um, playing every, every game where three points mean something rather than training um, every week. I think that the the biggest thing a young player can do is to maybe move out from their comfort zone. I mean, I'm not Norwich isn't exactly the hardest place to live, um, but just in terms of moving away from home, moving away from what you're comfortable with, 
Um, I think that that's massive, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch um, in terms of developing as a young player. But then again, there's people where you look at, I don't know, someone like a Phil Foden, who hasn't gone on out on loan, but of course he's a special talent, a special case, and he's now proven. I mean, last night he scored in the Champions League. So I think that everyone can get caught up in um, what other people are doing, but I think there's different pathways for everyone. Um, it's just about timing. And I feel I've been very lucky in terms of the faith that Norwich have put in me this season. Um, the boss has been brilliant in helping me develop. I mean, I think back to the first game after Huddersfield. The next day I come in and there's clips of what I need to do better um, after that first game. And just he's constantly on to me about things, um, trying to help me improve. So. When you said Huddersfield, I thought you meant the 7 0. I thought that's. Oh, no, no, the first, <laughs> that is harsh. The first, the first game of the season. Yeah. I remember coming back in the next day and I thought, oh, I've had a decent game. And then you go, you showed me loads of clips of me doing stuff that they wanted changing and then trying to implement that into the next games. Um, and I think that that's why the development of young players at Norwich has been so good, just in terms of the detail that he goes into. Um, it's been massive, really. And, and I guess that probably played a crucial part in your decision to, to join Norwich on loan. But were there other clubs that were after your services as well, potentially even in, in the Premier League? Did you have to weigh up that balance as well? Uh, yeah, there was a few, but I always felt uh, the opportunity at Norwich was was perfect in terms of dominate the ball. You'd be playing with confidence in terms of You'd have the support of the manager, as you've seen with the young players, they get a spell because elsewhere you can see that sometimes the youngest player, and I can see this as a manager, the young player is always easy to take out first um, in terms of, I don't know, if the team's not having a, a good half, the young player might come off at half time. But I saw with Daniels, uh, the boss's track record, that... Um, I don't know, Max had played 40 games as an 18-year-old in the Championship. Ben Godfrey played 30 games in the Premier League last season. So it was definitely a good case study in terms of how maybe I fitted into that. But then you've got to go and improve yourself. Um, but yeah, no, it's been brilliant. Um, and then obviously the Premier League always felt that maybe, oh yeah, it's the Premier League, but maybe you'd be fighting near the bottom of the table. And although the league is definitely stronger, I think maybe you don't learn as much when you're dominating games or uh, there's big pressure to win the league, for example. So it was just a decision. And I felt that Norwich would be perfect uh, place to continue my development. And, and at Norwich, we have... Neil Adams, who looks after our lone players and is in constant dialogue with them when they're out and about. How has that been for you? Have you had regular sort of check-ins with, with the people at Spurs and, and what sort of feedback have they given you on the year that you've had? Um, I think it, as far as it comes from like a variety of people, um, a lot, um, Steve Hitchin, who's effectively similar role to Stuart Webber, um, he's been at a, couple, a few games, um, so then there's feedback from him. 
Jose Mourinho's texted me a few times, so direct feedback from the manager, which that is cool. That is cool. Which I can <laughs> only thank him for just in terms that it's nice knowing that he's keeping an eye on you because let's be honest, he's not really bothered about Norwich's results. Um, obviously interested maybe in how I'm doing, but it shows a lot about um, him as a person that he's keeping in touch um, with me. Um, and then there's the academy staff uh, with people and coaches that I trust a lot who are giving me feedback on games. Um, someone like uh, Bradley Allen, you might not have heard of, but he's, he was like my under-15s coach and he still texts me regularly after games, checking up on me. So that's really nice in terms of getting that feedback from Spurs. Um, but then obviously there's the feedback from Norwich. So you're very clear how, how you're doing and you don't really need, I'm always self-critical. I don't feel like I need someone necessarily to tell me what I've done wrong uh, all the time. I feel like I, I can do that myself. And, and the man of the match awards must be telling you what you've done right as well. So, so there's that on the other side of, side of the scale as well. But as for um, the loan, I remember reading that there was some interest in Tottenham perhaps recalling you back in January. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, there, I'm not sure how, how definite it was. I didn't really even look into it, really. Um, I was very clear that I wanted to stay for Norwich. Uh, at Norwich until the end of the season at least um, I just felt like it was definitely the best place to um, continue my development just in terms of um, that I'd been there all season and I'd got the minutes that I wanted so I felt like this was definitely somewhere that I wanted to stay there was, there'd be no point in me going back and then sitting on the bench or so I was quite clear that I wanted to stay. Um, I, I don't, I didn't even really, I don't know if there was any genuine interest, but I didn't really bother to look into it really. I was just hoping that I could carry on my, my season at Norwich. Yeah, you said uh, it's good for development to move away from home. And then you said Norwich isn't a tough place uh, to come and live. What is it about the area that you've quite liked? Obviously, yeah. you probably haven't been able to experience yeah. the full delights of Norfolk because of everything that's been going on, but... How do you feel about the area? No, just in terms of, um, I mean, I can't think of many safer places to live. Um, I think that there's not um, any close cities really in terms of like big cities. So I think that um, it keeps you very focused on the season. Um, also, I don't know, 40 minutes away, there's the beach. Um, hopefully when the weather gets better, um, we can go there. Although, as you said, I definitely would have liked to have seen more of Norwich, but that hasn't quite been possible with with the restrictions. Um, but definitely somewhere I'll look to be coming back, hopefully. As for Tottenham, how closely do you monitor their results and their progress? Will you be watching the League Cup final against City? Definitely. Um, I don't think you can take the Spurs supporter out of me, um, regardless of where I am. I think I've watched pretty much every game this season. So I'll be watching their results uh, if it's possible to watch them, uh, keeping an eye on everyone. Are you someone who lives and breathes football, Ollie? Do you sit yeah, and watch football every waking hour? Pretty much. Um, 
I think I watched pretty much every game that was possible to watch. Um, yeah, I'm quite obsessed with, with watching games. Um, something that I take interest in, in watching. Um, not just not just as a fan, but just, just watching players in your position. I think that that's quite interesting to do. Um, I think as a player, maybe because you're doing it every day, you lose maybe sort of the fan enjoyment as such, which is quite sad. Um, but I think you can't take... Uh, but I, I like watching, taking bits from, I don't know, say I watch Barcelona, I watch Busquets or... Real Madrid the other night against Liverpool, you watch Casemiro, just people in your position and trying to take bits from them, really. Have you enjoyed seeing Bale back at Tottenham? Obviously, it's been a bit of an, a kind of yeah. one for him, really, but have you enjoyed that? No, I've really enjoyed it because I remember watching him when I was 10, 11. Uh, I don't know, up until whenever he left was maybe I was 14, 15. And you go back to some of the iconic moments uh, into Milan when he's got a hat trick or the Champions League nights. Um, so it's just been, been brilliant to see him back. And even when he shows glimpses of, of his past self, I don't know, it's really, really special to see. Um, because when I was growing up, he was someone that, that I watched so closely. Who are your big footballing heroes? I guess Gareth Bale must have been one of them if you were 10 and 11 when he was doing his stuff at Tottenham. But who well, else? Really? Yeah, I think when I was 10, 11, that team had like Van der Vaart, Modric. I've mentioned Modric already, but I used to love watching him play, just how effortless he made, made the uh, game look in terms of how he could control the game. Uh, some of the passes he always used to play with the outside of his foot. Just little things like that. I used to love watching, watching him in particular um, when I was growing up. Because I was sort of 10, 11 when he was at Spurs. So he was someone that you'd go outside and you'd think, oh, I saw Modric do this. Let me try and do that. Mm -hmm. Obviously got nowhere near it, but it's something that you could definitely aspire towards. And then you see how he's gone on to win Alan Dorn now. And who are you in most contact with then from Tottenham? Because obviously in midfield, there's um, Tongi and Dombele and, and Hoiberg. And who do you have contact with? Um, so I feel like I could text any one of the Spurs team and I'd get an answer. But obviously I'm close with like the younger players like Jaffa, um, who I saw. It was so nice to see him when, when we were with the 21s with England, just to catch up and get just speak to him again because I haven't seen him in person for so long. So I think just the people that you've grown up from the academy with, you have that special bond with. So him really. Uh, and then there's other boys in the academy that I still keep in real good close contact with. Ollie, would you say, I mean, football's given you so much already, hasn't it? It's how grateful do you feel for having the opportunities that you've got, you've had already and, and you've got ahead of you? Very grateful. Um, I think you can't underestimate that, um, how privileged position you've been in. Um, because I think, I don't know, 70% of 
young boys growing up would, would absolutely love to play football and have the opportunity to do it for, for a living. So I'm very grateful that, and that's why I feel like every day that you got, you got to go in with that attitude to try and make, make improvements, to make the most of, of the hard work that you've done, but also the, the opportunity that you've been given um, because you know that there's not many better jobs in the world than this. So you've got to try and make sure that you do it to your best of, best of your ability, I think. You absolutely are doing that completely. Yeah. And what have you made of the facilities here at Norwich? Because I know that um, Jordan Hugel was very impressed when he first came yeah. to look around and there's been a lot of investment. How does it compare to, say, Tottenham? Um, it's, I don't think you can quite compare it to Tottenham because they've spent, I don't know, millions and millions. And Tottenham's probably the best in the whole country, I think. Um, but Norwich has definitely, definitely got everything you need. Um, and I, I speak, I was speaking to some of the boys, and they just said how much it's improved. Because I remember there's like now like an office which they said was where they were having gym sessions, and you just can't believe the transformation of the of the whole building in terms of the gym area um, and just the whole whole uh, training ground really. What's that like in terms of an environment to be around up there day in, day out? Because everyone sort of thinks a footballer would look at the stadium. And yeah. Fair play, Tottenham Stadium's not too bad. <laughs> but a footballer looking to go to a football club would would look at the stadium. But actually, your office is yeah. is the training centre, isn't it? The Lotus Training Centre. What's it as a place like, you know, to be around day to day? Um, I think it's brilliant. I think the, the staff, the players cre have created an environment where everyone wants to be there. Um, everyone enjoys what they're doing. Everyone works in the same way uh, towards the same goal. I think um, it's really created this atmosphere of hard work and wanting to improve. I think the amount of players that have improved uh, under the current manager, the current staff is really clear. And that shows that the environment that they've created, and I think Stuart Webber's got to take massive credit for that as well, just in terms of getting the right fit of players and staff to, to help create this environment where everyone's improving, willing to learn and take ownership for that. Um, so I think that they've created a place where everyone wants to come in uh, every day, wants to give their best and wants to, to try and create this atmosphere of of one where everyone's involved, everyone's inclusive, just things like that, really. Mm, that's really good to hear. And how tight-knit is this squad as a whole right now? I think really tight. Um, I've not had loads of experience in terms of squads, but I'd be hard-pressed to see a squad of players that are not um, are as together as this because... I've seen players who are genuinely happy when the team win, when they're perhaps not even in the squad, which is amazing to see because you can be very selfish in terms of, and it's only natural as well that you're looking after your own interests. But genuinely, I can't, I can't think of anyone who's not happy when the team wins, who's always looking, everyone's always looking out for the team. So I just think that that really shows the team spirit amongst, amongst the group, really.
I think one example of that is is like Jordan, for example, okay. is the guys. He's got Timu Puki banging in goals right, left, and centre. He hasn't had as many opportunities as he'd probably like to get on the pitch. He's done well when he has got on there, but every time we win, there he is, social media celebrating, and he always looks happy on the side of the pitch. And then when he gets on and he comes on, runs his socks off when he gets on the pitch as well. You know, he's he's a real model of that, isn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. I think. He's a perfect teammate in that regard, in terms of he's not, of course, he's interested in himself, um, but he always puts the team first, willing to come on, I don't know, 10 minutes to go, hold the ball up when we're under the cosh or something like that. Or you can hear him in the sideline encouraging the team, um, just things like that. And even, I don't know, if he hasn't come on, he'll be the most excited man when we've won. And just to see that is just, it's just amazing. Um, and yeah, he's just a brilliant teammate. Even off the pitch, you're always cracking a joke or making sure that the atmosphere is fun and everyone wants to be there. Um, so yeah, I'd describe him as the perfect teammate in that regards. Love that. Does sound like the perfect atmosphere to be in, doesn't it? Um, I just want to touch on England now, Ollie, because I know you've talked quite openly about your England ambitions and you're currently with the under-21s. Yeah. The Euros took place quite recently. I guess you've probably seen the emergence of, say, the likes of Jude Bellingham and, and Rhys James to the senior setup. How close do you feel you are to that as well? Uh, I think you, you've got to be not play, playing regularly in the Premier League before before uh, the senior team really, just in terms of, I feel like I've got a fair bit still to do um, to prove myself. I mean, you look at the likes of Jude Bellingham, he's playing in the Champions League quarterfinal last night. So um, I feel like there's definitely a little way to go, but it's definitely something that I'll strive towards, um, even if I don't get there. I'll make sure that I've worked my hardest to try and get there. Um, so now I think that um, I'll need to be playing regularly in the Premier League to probably get call up, but it's something that I'll definitely strive towards and who knows what happens in the future. But, no, I, but also I really enjoyed playing with the 21s, albeit it was a real disappointment um, in March, was it? March? Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, it's always, always an honour to on that free lines so mm. wherever it comes hopefully but it's always an honor is, is there an ollie skip five-year plan and any milestones that you tick off Where, where's your career trajectory like have you got a chart on the wall where you're yeah. <laughs> no i don't think so i don't think you can look <clears throat> that that far ahead just in terms of i don't feel like there'd be any point uh looking that far ahead just in terms of you don't know what's going to happen. Touch wood, you don't get any injuries. Uh, and football's, it's too hard, really. You're never quite sure what's around the corner to put to put a massive tag or say, I don't know, something outrageous like I want to win the World Cup. I don't think that's necessarily realistic and you can get too far ahead. I just think trying to look at it as boring and cliche, and you must have heard it millions of times, just the next game. Look, look at the next game. We'll hold on to this, but when you lift the World Cup in 2026, Ollie, yeah. we'll, uh, if I've got my years right, we'll we'll look at this. We'll play this soundbite <laughs> back. 
yeah, hopefully. Um, but no, just in terms of, I don't think that there's too much point and emphasis in planning that far ahead because you lose sight of of the next game, the next the next month. So I haven't looked that far ahead, and who knows what happens in the next five years. That sounds like a very sensible mindset to me, Ollie. Yeah. Hopefully, you know or have a sense of how much you mean to Norwich fans because you mean an awful lot. But what does Norwich mean to you? Um, I think it's been been a place where I've really developed this year, both on and off the pitch. I think that I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I've had this season uh, to get the minutes under my belt, for that to be combined with the season that we've had, um, I think that I owe a lot, a lot of thanks and gratitude to Norwich. Um, and the fans, just a shame that I haven't been able to see them in person as much as I'd want, but I've definitely felt felt the support of, of the Norwich fans and definitely something that I'll cherish and, uh, and, and are thankful for. Um, so no, it's been, it's been a really good season. It, been definitely one that I'll remember forever. Well, and we will too. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us this season and all the best for whatever comes next. But you have just been insane for us and, and enjoy the celebrations as well when they come. Thank you, Ollie. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Ollie. You're a real star. Thanks, mate. What a talent, Dan. I mean, he's just been absolutely incredible for us this season. And you just hope that he knows how appreciated he is. Yeah, it's such a shame that we haven't had a full stadium kind of cheering him on and he hasn't really met the Norwich City fans in person. He hasn't even got a song yet, not that I'm aware of. Um, I think we let him get off lightly without mentioning the FA Cup from last season. But it was great to chat to him. And uh, yeah, he's been brilliant for us, hasn't he? Yeah, we did try to persuade him to uh, maybe come back next season as well, didn't we? But hey, anything could happen, couldn't it? But make sure you subscribe if you want any more podcasts like that. We're on Spotify, Apple and YouTube. Just search All In Yellow. Thanks for your company and we'll see you next time. Bye.